everybody, and welcome to Sing to the Lord, the podcast that breaks down how the Lutheran hymnody is preaching the gospel. I'm your host, Mason Van Essen. What you're hearing is the hymn, Where Clarity and Love Prevail. Welcome back one more time to Sing to the Lord. We've got Zachary Brockoff and Lars Olson. As always, thanks for being here, you two. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be here with you both. As it is with you guys. That's right. That's right. Mutual admiration society today. Yes. (laughs) Lots of love around the table. Appropriate for the hymn. Well, love prevails where clarity and love prevail. (laughs) To you, Lars. (laughs) So the hymn selected that Zachary selected for this week is where charity and love prevail, and uh, it's paired with the gospel reading for this coming weekend, uh, Matthew 18, of course, where we uh, find uh, uh, Jesus' instructions on how to deal with divisions and conflicts within the church. So, Zachary, tell us a little bit about this week's t- this week's hymn. Well, um, I can say this one was written by a musician. Not uh, every hymn you can say that. Sometimes they're professors, sometimes they're people that uh, did uh, different things in life and just happened to be writing. In fact, we'll talk about one of those soon. But the um, this hymn was written by a church musician who was an organist, choir director, and would no doubt have been aware of the um, original text upon which this sort of paraphrase, sort of reworking is based, um, the chant Ubi Caritas, um, which would had, had been associated for many years or has been in the church with Maundy Thursday and Christ's command, uh, commandment to love one another, which in many church circles, that's the appointed text. Um, and so this uh, is this hymn or or its original uh, is often sung uh, around foot washing ceremonies, these sorts of things for Maundy Thursday. Um, and, uh, but anyway, also references in addition to this, um, things like, uh, where two, two or three are gathered in my name, there I am among them, of course, has much to say about what it means, uh, to have reconciliation and forgiveness in the church. So, um, there's no foot washing stanza, uh, which means it's appropriate for a Sunday like this as well. Yeah, it's, it, uh, you know, Jesus' words about uh, how to deal with conflict or um, assuming that there's conflict everywhere, right? Um, yeah. That there is, uh, there's going to be divisions amongst us uh, and and that it's so hard to find uh, that reconciliation. So you have to go once, uh, bring somebody with you again, uh, that that's, uh, that there's, but but the drive is always for this. And this, this hymn seems to be um, kind of... Um, um, a, almost a prayer, hoping that that actually works, mm-hmm. right? That uh, that we can find true charity and love amongst one another, even though that's really difficult uh, in the midst of the, the the difficulties of life. Yeah, it's definitely a prayer. Both the both the original hymn and this one are are that for sure. Um, it also even I mean I I can't think of the last Sunday uh, in my life that and and going back you know, 25 years that I attended uh, church and didn't feel like there was some reconciliation needed in my life, whether in the church itself or, or in my own life. Um, but it, but it re- reminds us that um, uh, when we're gathered, um, we're gathered by Christ's love, uh, that the purpose of the gathering is, is not, um, 
um, necessarily some sort of striving for perfection, <laughs> but actually to have sin forgiven. Um, and this is what binds us together, as, as the hymn says, in, in, in Christ's love, we're bound in that way. Um, uh, because Christ's love, of course, was shown while we were still sinners. So um, uh, while it doesn't say all of that, I think it supports very well um, a sermon that would that would um, make reference to those sorts of things. And you could turn around and sing this with with some understanding in that way. Yeah, I think one of the one of the dangers in that is to just kind of uh, sing a nice hymn that talks about love and charity, and it prevails all yeah. over the place. Rather than recognize exactly what you're saying in that first verse, um, where that really is, is where uh, God has found us, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, say a little bit about the second verse that starts okay. with uh, grateful joy and holy fear. Yeah, well, I read that and I thought, that's a really weird way of talking about where God's love is. Um, the rest sounds so sort of picturesque and it's a really nice tune. You know, when I play this, I like to throw on the chimes just for good measure. <laughs> sounds May- like angels. Uh, yeah, yeah, just anything sort of nice and gentle. Um, but uh, holy fear, and this through that we learn God's charity. This for me it goes back to a little bit of an understanding of what it is to to confess sin uh, and receive forgiveness in worship, um, which I suspect most congregations are doing most weeks, um, if not every week. Um, that when we that when we are are gathered together. Uh, in in around the love of of Christ, uh, we often begin with confession and forgiveness. And confession, of course, in one sense, is coming before this God and saying, uh, "You're God, I'm not, uh, and I really have no right to stand here." This would be <laughs> a little bit of holy fear. Um, the grateful joy comes when this God turns and actually has something to say. I think when we sing the hymn, it can sound like a lot of good sort of theological church talk, and we don't really know what to make of that other than, especially when when you're singing it. But when I had time to sit down, I thought, no, this really is, we're entering into God's presence as sinners, and, and there's rightful, holy fear uh, and respect there. Um, in grateful joy, we're going to hear a word of forgiveness and know God then as he wants us to know him in, in Christ. So, uh, again, the stanza doesn't say all of that because it's a two-line hymn. Uh, but um, uh, I think that's worth bringing out and, and referencing. And if it said all that, we wouldn't need you to be here Well, this that's podcast. true. You could just fire me. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> that is true. Well, if you look down at stanzas three, four, five, they all begin with uh, let us mm-hmm. uh, and uh, uh, or let. So there's, it's kind of given us a, a sense of like, uh, there's something now for us to, to, do. to accomplish, something to do there. Yeah, it does sound that way. Um and and to some degree, um, there's there's a little bit of a. I mean, the the first part of this weekend's passage uh, certainly is this way. Here's how you're going to handle this. Um, go to the person. I mean, Jesus is fairly clear about this. Mm-hmm. But I do think um, it's it's easy to even read in the text and say this isn't cr- Jesus sort of saying uh, go tell your brother or sister you're sorry, um, uh, which as a which as a parent, uh, it's easy for me to do. You know, uh, you're going to stand in this corner until you go and, and do this kind of thing. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, that's not what, what he's suggesting, um, and, and that that's somehow going to work. But uh, his, his uh, instruction is go. Uh, go and do this to reconcile and repair relationship um, out of only the fact that um, 
in Christ, God's reconciling the world, right? To, that that God has taken this initiative, and this is at the heart of what uh, what the church is to do. So to do something contrary to that and say I'll leave this one and 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 uh, and forget about him, uh, this this doesn't seem to <laughs> to work. So yeah, there is something of of, of a prayer that that would happen. Um, I think in the last stanza, but uh, it's set up by stanzas one and two of understanding what God has first done. Yeah, it's it's easy to to say it's uh, that um, somebody has hurt me, right? And then just build a wall around and uh, live there, and and you just you know uh, wallow in your own anger mm-hmm. and, and wrath in this, right? And people actually like that. I think that's one of the reasons that it's it's hard to do. So it's really nice to hear uh, this. This uh, a hymn that's actually saying God's uh, charity and love prevail uh, over all that we want to hold on. Sure, to, right? Yeah. Um, so that yeah, of course, Jesus is going to give you uh, commands. Go and do this, right? Uh, because not only do you need it, but uh, the one that you're in conflict with also needs this. Um, so it's um, even reading Jesus' words. It's not just about like you know that person harmed me, but uh, sure. I harmed you. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I need to go to you and confess this to you because that's that is our relationships as as humans, and it's uh, it is the um, love and forgiveness of Christ that finally makes that possible uh, beyond ourselves to, to right. make that and happen. Stanza five: Let us forgive each other's faults. There you go. It's 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 a two way street. Yep, I think in a way the hymn, in a helpful way, sort of turns the the text itself um, around. Right and begins with a little bit of what Christ has done, and finally ends with sort of these uh, sort of instruction-sounding kind of words, yeah. but in a more helpful context. So, yeah, no, I think that's a good way to put it. That um, you're doing this because of what Christ has already done, rather yeah. than the other way around. Thanks for joining us this week on Sing to the Lord. Check the show notes for Zachary's stanza-by-stanza commentary, as well as a list of other hymns we recommend. See you next week.